0: good friend is coffee. Welcome to Mouthful of Bees. That is our topic today. This is the first part of a two-part release. Now, everyone's heard of coffee, right? Hello. Hi there. Hi. Uh, My name is Phil. This is my son, Sam, and uh, I'm brand new to coffee. Well, let's give you a brief little intro to the history of coffee. It was discovered in either late 14th or early 15th century in Ethiopia. And then it uh, started to spread from Ethiopia. Ethiopia is in the northeast corner of Africa. And then it spread across to the Arabian Peninsula, which is where Saudi Arabia, Yemen, Oman, and so on are. And so the um, it started to spread across there just as a bean. And then furthermore, after... As a plant, started to be grown in Yemen. Second, um, and in the Arabian Peninsula, it was um, people started to enjoy it um, as a drink because it was st- stimulating, and it was enjoyed in the home. And then after that, um, coffee houses started to, or public places where people drank coffee, um, started to pop up and. Um, Because of the stimulation effect, it increased um, social activity. Uh, They used to have music playing while people enjoyed it. People talked, people played chess, and so on. It became a place of um, exchange of information. People meet up and talk, probably because they're high as fuck on caffeine, But this was the birth of cafes and uh, I think they originally were referred to as Schools of the Wise. Uh, And because of so many people visiting Mecca in Saudi Arabia, um, it was the idea or the word of coffee got out pretty quickly, started to spread. When it got to um, England, these uh, Schools of the Wise or cafes, um, they started calling them Penny Universities. Um, because it cost one penny for a cup of coffee, and um, everyone and everyone, everyone turned into an intellectual after that. And in fact, in England, it replaced the common breakfast drink, which was was it tea? No, beer or wine is what they had for breakfast. That's crazy. Anyway, and then it spread across to America. Um, and it was helped or oh, the culture of coffee was helped by um, an event called the Boston Tea Party, which was um, England's King George III put a really heavy tax on tea. Therefore, people said, fuck it, we'll have coffee. And that was the birth of the coffee culture in the Western world. Um, I wanted to talk to some experts. So, um, I've got two conversations today. One with... um, uh, representative from code black coffee and also from industry beans so i've got two interviews the first, first one is with alan yay um, i didn't say an interview but he is the head roaster and the green bean or the green buyer at code black enjoy this All right, here I'm talking with uh, Alan Ye from Code Black Coffee. Welcome, Alan.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Sounds like you got some uh, coffee happening in the background there. That's good.
1: Yeah, just a little bit of production happening.
0: Um. Couple of quick questions. I just wanted to get your opinion on what the best growing regions are, because uh, I assume some people might just think uh, coffee, Brazil, that's it. But um, all the way across the equator, between the uh, Tropic of Capricorn and Cancer, is plenty of growing regions, and I'm sure there's good places that are we might not know that are putting out um, better beans than others. You're the expert.
1: Yeah. So I prefer um, uh, Colombian. Ethiopian and Kenyans um but anything across you know East Africa uh, Latin America um, and like you said between the tropics um, produces any all, all different types so you have high and low grades from every single origin um including Brazil actually um they are the largest and have the lion's share of the production but um in general um they produce a larger volume blenders but um Pretty much across the board, you can find really, really high-end specialty lots coming from every, every single origin. There's just so many different microclimates, um, depending on where you're looking. Um, but yeah, those three, Kenya, Ethiopia, Colombia, would be my, um, my top um, top of the list. All
0: right, That's very interesting. So Brazil, Brazil's pumping out a lot, but that might mean that uh, quality might drop if they're going for quantity over quality, I guess.
1: Yeah so um yeah i mean it's it's basic um, um a numbers game so the higher volume you produce um the um, more labor is required um brazil and australia are, are basically the only uh, coffee producing nations that use uh, that are mechanized um in terms of picking so
0: uh-huh.
1: um they produce um the highest volume um, output brazil uh, but not necessarily the highest scoring uh, in terms of cup quality. Uh, but there are um, definitely producers there that are doing uh, what's on trend at the moment, special processing methods and everything to, to really up their game. Um, they're just, um, they've just they had it so good for so long that um, you know a lot of other nations have overtaken them in terms of cup quality, but no one can beat them for volume. Right. Uh, and they can supply year-round. So um, they have a huge competitive advantage as well as um, being very low on production cost. So, yeah, that's one of the factors.
0: Um, I just wanted to quickly t- touch on, do, do we produ- produce all right coffee or is it more um, robust robusta type? We produce up in the Tablelands in North Queensland, right?
1: Yeah, and uh, around Byron Bay and stuff okay. like that. Um, okay. Sky- Skybury coffee is a name that comes to mind. Yeah. Um, we don't buy any Australian coffees, unfortunately, um, just because, um, in our opinion, sort of the cup quality is the most important. And unfortunately, uh, Australia's coffee just does not have um, the level of um, uh, quality in the cup that we're looking for um, or that we found as of yet. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, the, the quality is fairly low. And the prices are, uh, in comparison, are quite high. So there's no sort of um, uh, value proposition there for us to take those on board. Although we have tried quite a few, they just, um, yeah, oh, good. they're not very nuanced, unfortunately.
0: Oh, pick up your game, Australian coffee drink, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Talking about being competitive-wise, I'm just thinking about what it must must go into different blends. Because my next question was about single origin versus blends, and yeah, I'm sure you could. Must, you, could try and, you could try and get the best beans from everywhere but the blend you would produce would be way too expensive for anyone m- majority to want to purchase so I guess the best thing is about getting some from here and some from there and mixing it up I guess that might be the fun part of your job as a roaster and a buyer but um, tell me about um, where it's at with single origin versus blends um, and which is the biggest or most popular in the market and so on
1: uh, yeah sure so so um, there's two different uh, buying sort of methodologies in regards to blends versus single origins. So blends, um, um, the focus of blends is basically to have a cons uh, consistent and um, some constancy in your product uh, year round. So if someone wants to come into your shop and buy something that uh, has a very, very consistent flavor profile throughout the year, um, then you would uh, potentially be looking more at a blend. Whereas single origins are more focused towards Um, high quality um, sort of what we call micro lots um, small sort of um, offerings that run for um, a certain amount of time that might be seasonal and um, definitely obviously are um, you know high quality so they cost a little bit more potentially Um, not to say that you can't blend those coffees as well um, because a blend is basically just a combination of different origins Mm. um, or or perhaps the same origin but a different lot yeah, you could kind of break those down into very small um you could splinter that down to um very small details but um blends that's kind of the, the thought process behind those two things um but yeah blends in general are the dominant uh, products that sell just because people are familiar with it yeah and the flavor profile is generally um quite sweet um very chocolate or caramely, or um you know those those typical flavours that you would find or people would be looking for in a cup um, when they're drinking a latte or something with milk. And Australia drinkers generally do um, purchase coffee with milk. So um, there's certain origins that pair much better with milk than than others um, and that generally would be a blend.
0: Yeah. And like you're saying, if if, um, if a, a lot or origin produces really good quality Single Origin, you're not going to want to um, disrespect it by putting it into a blend. Um, uh, do you think uh, the market is starting to warm more to the fact that they can get these really good flavors? Is, is Single Origin growing as a product? Uh, yeah,
1: definitely. So um, retail at the moment, obviously, with COVID and everything, is, is growing really, really quickly. Um, and a lot of people are home brewing, so they're finding a lot more um, knowledge and um, methods of brewing at home and getting a little bit um, I guess knuckling down into more of the finer details of you know creating a better cup at home um, because they're not able to say go out to their usual cafe or whatnot. Mm. Um, so they are kind of um, buying more single origins um, or exploring sort of like uh, something a little bit more special uh, or something that is a little bit different um, so yeah we're definitely finding that the higher end coffees um, are selling Uh, in a higher volume now, not to say that we weren't selling a lot before, but they've definitely picked up with the home market picking up um, recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. And definitely with a lot, yeah, a lot of the, um, we we do a lot of wholesale and everything as well. So um, we have uh, quite a lot of international clients who um, specifically purchase um, single origins from us uh, and they only want want to purchase single origins. Um, wow. You know, whereas you would see cafes and and the like uh, locally and you know interstate uh, buying a, a larger volume of blends and then supplement that with single origins as like a secondary grinder or a tertiary grinder um, as like a special offering or on their filter bar, for example.
0: The knowledge base is growing, which is which is good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, quickly, just tell us about Co Black. I think the main thing I like is the ethos that you guys run, which is the word respect, uh, not only for the product, but for the producers itself. And, of course, if you have respect for um, a, a product at the base level, it will show uh, when, the, when the coffee hits the lips.
1: Yeah, definitely. So um, um, our sort of roasting philosophy, which kind of transcends into our business philosophy, is um, we just want to showcase the coffee for what it is and bring out the very best for of of the um the character that the coffee has to deliver um and in turn allow the customer to have a really good experience with our product Um, whether or not that's like in tangent with um our shop um um, sort of sitting down and eating at one of our cafes or um just using our product um, on a wholesale basis or even at home um yeah we we really want you to have that good experience with um, really tasty coffee and uh, hopefully find something special that you, you love drinking as well.
0: That's awesome Alan wow. and uh, you guys uh, send product or you must send product Australia wide if you're sending it international so that just yeah, answered right. that question. Yeah. Cool. Yeah,
2: we,
1: we, su- we supply quite a few cafes um, all over Australia internationally. So
0: Oh, let me just note, I really love the um, packaging of your bags.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, we like to mix it up quite a bit. Um, so we've that. got quite a few different um, color waves um, of packaging. Yes, <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much.
0: Alan, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. And I can't wait to get back into, into a coffee and start drinking some um, little single origin espressos and respect the um, uh, the the bean for what it is, the product. Yeah, no is. worries, man.
1: Um, appreciate it. Welcome anytime. Cheers.
0: Okay. Thanks, man. Bye. Take care. Found that really interesting, especially how he was talking about um single origins and blends. That um I guess the difference is of course blends is a group of different single origins, they mix together to get a more rounded flavor profile. Maybe the, this this coffee is a bit more bitter, this one's more acidic, this one has fuller flavours, and so on. You mix a bunch together and you get a more rounded profile. Uh but If you want to, like you said, it'll be more um, uh, consistent through the same coffee roaster. So, if you want to get any different flavors, you go to a a different company or a different cafe to get a different blend flavor. Or within one cafe, you can go through uh, and try Single Origins and get very different flavors. So, it depends how much you want to get into it. Also, blends is what they tend to use with milk because the milk will disguise some of the flavors that the single origin is supposed to um, pick up on i guess it's similar to wine if you like a blend or if you just like the house wine uh, often they'll make a um, a blend and i think it's a um, possibly a majority of the wines that are out there are blends of different grapes, or if you prefer one style of grape, that's the same as having single origin coffee. So if you get into wines, you like you might want to try specific grapes. If you want to get into coffee, you want to try single origins and get different flavors. Um, okay. Now I spoke I speak to Olma, who is the sorry Olma Bollinger, who's the head of coffee at Industry Beans. It is just a little bit difficult to hear Olmer um, because we caught him uh, at his workplace just like we did with Alan, but we're lucky to get them. Anyway, here's Olmer. Okay, I'm talking to Olmer uh, Bollinger, who's head of coffee of uh, Industry Beans, a very uh, respected brand in not only Melbourne, but Australia-wide now. Welcome, Olmer. Hey! Thanks for having me. I'd um, I need your expertise. I'm interested to know in uh, whereabouts you think all the best beans are coming from at the moment, uh, region wise, <laughs> because there's a, a lot of regions worldwide, and also if you think there's any up up and coming
2: regions. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, it sort of just depends on what kind of flavor profile you like you know i mean i think the great thing with coffee and probably what like a lot of people don't really realize is that um you know there is quite a large diversity of flavor and you know there's different great qualities about all sorts of different regions um personally you know I, i think and i think a lot of people feel this way um i'm always drawn to ethiopia i'm like if somebody's asking me oh well what sort of coffee should i try i think if you haven't Besides uh, Ethiopian coffee, or you know, you're not really familiar with it, that's a great place to start. It's the birthplace of Arabica, which is obviously what specialty coffee is um, <coughs> it, it's built off, and you know, I think that um, just in terms of uh, its origins and its tradition, and then also just the, the, the sort of flavors you get from that coffee, I think that's a, that, that's a, that one's sort of the first one that I would think of to recommend, but You know, there's some really awesome, um, up and coming origins too. I mean, I think Papua New Guinea is one of the ones that people don't really think of a lot. Oh, really? Um, which, yeah, which is, I mean, they're pretty new to special coffee production, specialty coffee production. And I think as well, they also have, um, you know, they've obviously gone through a lot of sort of civil turmoil, um, you know, only gaining their independence relatively recently, um, and having to sort of rebuild infrastructure generally. So, um, specialty coffee is definitely, um, you know, I guess more of a new thing there, but they're producing really delicious, really delicious coffee. And I think it's, it's definitely one that is improving year on year and that you're seeing more and more, I guess as well, given that they're sort of, you know, alongside Indonesia, our nearest coffee-growing neighbour, it makes it, you know, another reason to sort of support coffee from there and to 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 drink what they're producing
0: yeah also yeah there's a lot less um uh, transporting getting it here um yeah sure. heard, it seems like Ethiopia is quite a um is is quite the spot i i i wonder if is it similar to wine where if the coffee plant like in wine if the coffee um if the if the grape vine has been in the ground the longer it's been there the the older the plant is the more it starts uh, the more it develops complex flavors um, until it gets to a certain age, or just like humans, I guess, then it, we kind of yeah. lose ourselves. Is it the same with coffee? So is that why Ethiopian um, coffee is so good, because it's been there for so long?
2: I think I think, I think, think in a lot of ways, it's, it's, it's sort of less to do with that. I mean, I think um, the different producers have different beliefs on the life cycle of plants and, and, and of what age you know, they're producing their best coffee. But I think more than anything, it's the fact that, There's just such a sheer diversity of different varieties in Ethiopia, and there's just such a history of coffee production there. um, That you know, there's I guess there's a lot of um, you know there's a lot of experience there too.
0: It seems like if the if the plant is happy growing there, then uh, it seems like the best results are in uh, tend to be in in the cup from from that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think like, you know, for some regions, they definitely, it's, it's more of a lack, of, and, and you've seen this as well in Ethiopia, to an extent, you know, like, you know, it, it, people learn how to, you know, which varieties are going to work, you know, which ones are going to be disease resistant, things like that, which help. Um, but yeah, there's no substitute for just, you know, I guess, wild, natural mm-hmm. uh, genetic mutation
0: oh um, my coffee in australia and, pro- and probably in the western world is just um just blown up um you know in the last fifty years or so um to the point where there's espresso coffees there's um cold drip there's um filter coffee and even now industry beans is doing a um, bubble cup <laughs> yeah. where do you think um where do you think coffee, if you could predict what's happening future-wise with coffee, with the way it's consumed yeah. or the amount we consume? Yeah, put on your mm. um, um, crystal ball eyes for a second. Tell me what you reckon.
2: Well, look, it's always hard to know. But I, I think, you know, the one trend that we've definitely seen this year, and it's obviously, you know, largely due to pandemic is, there's a real move towards people drinking coffee at home and I guess, you know, investing on being able to do that well and being able to do that well. Um, uh, and, you know, I think so. that's definitely one thing that we've seen change a lot this year. Um, I think especially coffee is still very much a niche market, or what, what, you know, what Industry Beans does and what I guess Melbourne coffee is known for. Um, You know, I think on the world wide, on the world scale, it's still a pretty, a pretty small, it's obviously a very small portion of the overall market. Um, but I do think that, you know, people, it is, it is still growing and there are still more and more people that are are interested in it and, and they're they're enjoying it. So, you know, I think that trend will continue. Um, you know, I think there's also, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Obviously things like climate change and, um, you know, that, that, that's going to have an impact on coffee production moving forward, probably too. Um, but you know, people are pretty resourceful and are working out ways to combat that and to, to find ways to still be productive. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, in terms of what the future holds for coffee, it's, you know, it's always kind of hard to predict. I think, I think though, you know, as well, there is definitely a move away from, you know, you can see, you can definitely see a trend of people moving away from, Milk consumption, it's a pretty slow move away from that, but you know, um, there's obviously a lot of alternate milks and, you know, a lot of people that are avoiding, uh, drinking milk due to, you know, political, political environmental reasons as well. And I think that's been such a huge part of, uh, coffee culture, especially, especially here. Um, and you know, that, uh, you know, that's probably something that you'll see continue to shift, shift away from, I think as well.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of trends you were talking about there, especially that climate might affect um, um, production, therefore coffee prices. And if that's the case, if, um, if it's something that affects our pockets, then we're probably going to go towards rather than having a lot of it and bulk consuming it to having it as, as, a, as a treat or something special, which will lead us towards making sure or trying to get the best we can out of that one cup if we have it one cup a day or so on or whatever whatever our um, limit yeah. is and that way we'll probably end up heading towards a better quality or trying to get the most out of that cup so it, it might be heading towards that special coffee, specialty coffee direction anyway.
2: Yeah possibly it, it, I mean it's, it's, it's hard to know I mean like, I think um, you know one thing that I've always thought about as well is just the different value that people put on different beverages and different products and I think coffee's always really been sort of an everyman's drink. You know, it's not, you know, when I mean, you think of things like wine, I guess it is too, to an extent, but it's had this, you know, culture of this mm-hmm. sort of, you know, um, you know, I think alcohol is something that people associate with a high price tag more easily, you know, it's got more of a culture of that. Whereas coffee's, you know, something that you drink every day. It's for everybody. I think for a lot of people that are, uh, you know, for, for for some people that can uh I guess put them off you know, put put them off the idea of um you know, wanting to pay more for coffee or, or thinking about coffee in that in that light, um, you know, seeing it as kind of being a bit pretentious or something. So, mm. you know, I can I can understand. I think it's a cultural thing. Um but um yeah, I think it's definitely something that's changing slowly literally. These things need need time to establish um and I guess coffee also got that sort of challenge in the fact that, you know, you, it's, it's not like a bottle of wine where you, you buy it after it's been produced, it's been bottled and then it gets, you know, sent out and it, it you know, you can, you can just buy it off the shelf. You know, I think coffee's always live, you know, it hasn't, it, it degrades with age and it, it to an extent, you know, as well, you need to be able to, you know, actually make beverage as well. So it's, yes, yeah, it's, it's sort of just a different thing as well
0: yeah that's a good point. The opposite of wine wine yeah the longer it sits the the better it's supposed to be and the coffee is the sooner the sooner you get it if you can actually nibble the the bean out out, out of the um um out of the seed that's probably the, yes. f- the fastest the best way you can do it, but not not quite but you know what I mean
2: yeah hey, um, for sure no but it is it's always kind of like um with coffee it's always about people wanting it you know you you, you know for for someone like myself who was um, involved with sourcing coffee. You know, you always want cu- coffee to be fresh. You're aware that it, you know, it has a lifespan, and, and then it's going to start degrading and diminishing in terms of its quality. Uh, and then once it's roasted, it sort of has a sweet spot, and then beyond that, it's the same. And um, you know, let alone you know, then 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 producing you know the actual beverage as well has to kind of be done on the spot. So it's got, it's, it's, it's different, you know. Yeah.
0: yeah, producing yeah. it is a is an art in itself. And speaking of mm. uh, Industry Beans, as someone that, or, or a company that does it very well, is respected for what they do. Um, you're going to say, tell us where Industry Beans is at the moment, Australia wide, mm. um, especially with the pandemic. But I know you've opened new stores late last year in Sydney and Brisbane.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we opened a roastery venue in Brisbane um, last year. It's been going really well. Um, Allowed us to start, you know, being able to uh, provide cafes with coffee up there as well, with you know local support, with the sort of level of service that we pride ourselves on. But um, yeah, we're about to open up another another cafe in Brisbane as well. It's um, a smaller little uh, coffee shop on Adelaide Street in the, in the city. Yeah. Nice, yeah. yeah. All right. yeah, going
0: be great. I'll tell my brother about that. He uh, he works in the city. He'll be he'll be all over it. <laughs> yeah, awesome Alma, thank you very much for your time today I appreciate it and um, thanks to uh, Industry Beans for what you do and keeping up that high standard out there yeah, no worries Thanks. you okay, have, have you a nice one. afternoon see ya bye one thing I did want to touch on that Alma spoke about was the trend towards home not even um, COVID related but just the fact that As we get more into coffee as a culture, we do want to do it at home, especially when the availability of machinery is increasing. Uh, One thing I always remembered when making espresso uh, in a cafe was that it's going to be very hard to replicate that at home because in order to have the correct amount of pressure to push through the um, through the grind and extract the desired flavors you need a, a big metal tank or a boiler which has boiling water um, and you you need quite a large tank in order to have that amount of pressure and so that's why those coffee machines are quite big at cafes and it's not practical to have something that size in your home so they make a smaller version but of course you're not going to get as high at pressure that's why when you do have your home machines you aren't going to get the same type of extraction and also you notice you won't get the milk as good they're getting better but um, even the milk steaming wand that spins that milk and froths the milk up has uh, this uh, quite high pressure at the at the cafes and that's what By spinning the milk really fast is how they get it so silky. Um, I think it's getting better at home, but it's going to be hard to try and replicate that. But look, as we're heading towards, or if we, as a society, realize that caffeine is quite dehydrating, I think learning more about coffee will give us the power to be able to... um, Just know more about what we're selecting. Uh, Say if you don't want any more caffeine today, you know that there are, well you will know uh, if you listen to the second episode that there's um, decafs you can choose from. There's other options um, that we'll also talk about in the next episode about cold drip or also if you do you want to have less caffeine you might just have less coffee per day rather than having two or three cups you might just have the one and if that's the case you want to make that one coffee special and therefore you want it uh, we're arming you with more information about how to find that delicious cup not just um buying the brick that they sell on the supermarket shelves you can go to your local cafe get some beans grind them up yourself or they'll grind them for you and then there's different ways to make it at home. All right, hope this has helped out um, and it's been interesting. Check out the next episode where we talk about cold drip and decaf. Catch you later.
1: Mouthful Mouth full of, of bees. of bees. Mouth full of bees.